Oh, it's a good delivery, and Kizzy's there, and it's in! Joe Kizzy can sign his turn into the net by Ronnie Arbottle, and Jacob Greaves has touched it in! Welcome to the Anytime Notebook. Uh, we're back uh, every single week to mark your card for the weekend across the EFL. Set-piece threats, rampaging wing-backs, forward-thinking, holding midfielders. Regular listeners, welcome back. New listeners, great to have you on board. Joining me as always, the astute John Bywater. Good evening, John. Good evening, Gavin. How are you? I'm good, thank you. John, something slightly different in this episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, very exciting. A little bit of a detour from our, our usual fare, but we thought we'd uh, give this a go because we'd very uh, very lucky to get this guest really so without further ado shall we introduce the guest first before we uh, go into let's that? do that let's do that Stuart Stuart Reed. good evening hi guys how are we good thank you good thank you um Stuart renowned set piece analyst I've got here vast levels of experience in club football all over the world Stuart, I think if, if if anyone's consumed any long-form content recently analysing some set-piece performance across the globe, there's a healthy chance you've contributed some some column inches to it. Um, great to have you here from the wing on Twitter. Um, how's this week treating you? Yeah, not bad. Always busy after an uh, international break. You've been... Um, busy kind of looking at and analyzing set pieces i imagine absolutely yeah does doesn't stop i'd be surprised if anyone in the world watches as much uh, corners and free kicks as i do <laughs> we sound like a G- gather on your close <laughs> mine's normally on a on a sunday morning kind of looking at what could have been uh from um yes. messes Harvey Rogers and the like, but we shall, uh, we'll talk a bit more about that later on. Um, the fascinating area of the game, Stuart, I think, John, when me and you watched Sky Cambers follow Andy Parslow about in the stands for Swansea a while back, I think we knew the secret was out the bag. We knew, we knew set piece analysts and uh, restart coaches existed, but, um, but it's a fascinating area of the game, heavily kind of like data driven and, and, um, and Stuart, I think you're going to you're going to share some of the insights and a bit about your role on a day to day basis as well. Yeah. We've got a mountain of questions for yeah, you. Absolutely, John. Should we dive straight straight in? Yeah, why not, mate? We, like you say, we've got a, a lot of questions here, so we'll we'll take as long or as short as we need to on these. There's no no time limit. Uh, firstly, should probably cover Stuart started. I think I've got this right. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stuart. Uh, 2017, 2018 at Late Orient. And he's gone. He's gone via Bangladesh. He's gone via the Superliga, and he's currently working for clubs in Portugal uh, and in Spain. I believe is that right, Stuart? Uh, Portugal, Italy, and Spain at the moment. Yeah, uh, Italy is, of course, Italy. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, before I ask the first question, how did you just to cover a little bit of the very beginning? How did you sort of grow your interest in this area, and when did it? sort of visualise into an, an actual opportunity at a club? Yeah, well, it all began when I was uh, actually working in a completely sort of separate field. I was actually working in a school, um, fixing computers. Wow. Um, and I, I realised I hate this. <laughs> and I want to do something I, I really love and, and enjoy. Um, 
and the only thing I could really think of that I really loved and I enjoyed that I could monetize well enough um, was was football. Um, and obviously, there's a, a broad range of jobs available in football. Um, so I needed to sort of work out what I really wanted to do and what I wanted to focus my time and energy on. Uh, so I just tried a, a whole bunch of sort of different things, really. Um, I tried a bunch of scouting. I, I took coaching courses and coached my local uh, grassroots teams. Um, I did a bit of sort of normal traditional analysis and tactics um, blogs online, etc., just to see where I really sort of landed what I felt I was good at what I was really passionate about, where I could sort of make a difference. Um, and then one day I read an article saying that set pieces were, were hugely undervalued in football. The article was really interesting. Um, and it just sort of clicked in my head. I'd always really enjoyed a really good set piece routine, but I'd never really given it sort of much thought into how they were sort of constructed and how it went from someone's head into or the analysis side to someone's head to training ground to actually then being sort of implemented on on match day um and so I, I did a bit of digging around on the internet and there was absolutely nothing on set pieces available back then um the, there were a few articles but absolutely nothing sort of on a regular basis or um or providing knowledge about set pieces um which indicated to me that there was may maybe a gap in the market in that aspect um and it sort of made sense as well that analysis teams in football back then and well still now um are growing in size uh gone in the days where championship teams had just one analyst um and yeah. and even lower down the pyramid and so it made sense that as these sort of analysis departments were, were growing there would be potentially a gap to fill in new roles that would be sort of created um and set pieces was one that i i certainly felt was likely to be in demand um because after all who wouldn't want to score more goals who wouldn't want to concede less um, so so that's where i i sort of then decided that it ticked all the boxes really there was likely to be a demand for it there were few qualified people to take those roles um and ultimately it was something that i enjoyed so i bet i didn't really know much about set pieces at the time so i started writing sort of blog posts breaking down what teams were doing from set pieces um, that I used not only to sort of get my name out there as someone who's doing stuff about set pieces, but also to teach myself um, yeah. because I've, I personally felt I'd learned a lot more from sort of breaking it down and writing detailed, like the, the details about it um in sort of a thousand word articles rather than just watching like a 10 second video clip of, of a corner goal etc um 
and then yeah we really went from there uh those blogs got me uh sort of internship at lay in orient and that taught me a lot about sort of what clubs want to see in in reports as obviously i had no no experience in doing those at that time um and then worked my way through and looking back at those reports from lay and orient now they're terrible and so very different to, to what i produce now but it it was uh yeah it was all all valuable experience and without it i, I wouldn't be where i am today oh, fantastic you were you were spot on about it being the area to concentrate on back then anyway that was a that was a great great prediction by yourself <laughs> yeah yeah nailed that one <laughs> yeah i remember i remember those blogs um used to used to be very active on twitter didn't you um obviously may, maybe when things yeah. were a little bit quieter and those blogs were excellent um uh, you probably don't even offer this anymore but you used to have the um was it a tableau course as well was that um that was something you did at one point wasn't oh, it? oh yeah. yeah 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 i still do have a tableau course out there that people were yeah, I, I did that that was fantastic value um this is not a paid advert or anything but i did i did take that and i thought it was excellent it was very clear and um yeah, it's excellent. So check that out, listeners, if you're interested. Um, get in touch with Stuart on Twitter. Anyway, back to the. Um, I'll actually get to a question now, Gav. Gav the, <laughs> Gav's waiting for his. Gav's waiting for his dinner. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so the first first question I've got here is: Could you explain for our listeners and Gav and I, to be honest, roughly what your role entails from a, a sort of general point of view? Yeah. So. Generally, I watch a lot of uh, the opposition set pieces. Um, yeah. I, I typically watch sort of 10 games worth at every corner faced, every corner taken, every free kick faced, every free kick taken. Um, and basically break down what to expect. That's that's ultimately uh, what I do. What to expect when they're attacking, what to expect when they're defending um, and then I sort of create a report based around what I see um, from both from the data and, and also from the sort of extensive video and basically look at ways in which we can take advantage of the way they, they defend um, and how to stop them in, in, in attack um, yeah. that's, that's the, the long and short of it uh, it, it would be, I think I know the answer to this, but it, would it even, would it go as far as throw-ins as well, or is it more just the corners and the free kicks in dangerous areas? It depends areas? on the team. Um, okay. so I haven't actually worked with any teams yet who want to sort of implement the throw-in side, um, but that that's something that, that I can definitely do if required. Yeah, I've just seen a little bit of chat about that more last season or two. So I just wondered whether that had sort of seeped in yet. But maybe that'll be uh, maybe that'll be the next avenue for people. Um, how yeah. we do, how we love a good long right. throw, don't we, John? Oh yeah, we certainly do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it makes our Sunday morning. <laughs> how would you say the attitudes of clubs around the role and other people that do your role has changed from when you first started back in 2017 to today? Yeah, back back when I first started, there was a lot of, um, I, th I think, almost apprehension about how much of a difference 
hiring yeah. a sort of set piece specialist, whether that be a coach or, or analyst, um, would actually be able to sort of bring. Um, I mean, nowadays it's it's pretty standard, um, and clubs definitely see the, the benefit of it much more. I, th- I think than um, they did six or seven years ago. Yeah, so it's it's been quite a rapid evolution in in the sort of game as a whole, really. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I mean, do you think some of think some of it now is clubs just thinking, well, everyone else has got one, so we need one, and they're, and they're not necessarily like taking on board the information that someone like you would provide, and probably like every every role, I guess, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the the buy-in from the coaching staff is essential to yeah yeah actually getting that sort of uh, set piece success. Um, and yeah, it depends on the sort of responsibilities given. Um, obviously, in my role, it's as a sort of remote analyst. Uh, that varies more than if you are actually a sort of set piece coacher aside, as then you'd you'd have sort of full responsibility um as as to what you're doing whereas in my role i sort of i come up with what i think is the the sort of ideal or best solution that i i think based on the sort of video and the data and then have to sort of plead my case almost to the the coaching staff to then implement that sometimes they do sometimes Mm. they don't um, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's fine. As ultimately, they're they're the, they're the ones in charge, and they're they're working with the players day in day out. Um, so yeah, that would that would differ to actually if you were the sort of set piece coach and have full autonomy, really. No, that's, inter- that's interesting. Go on, Gav. Go on. No, Stuart, I was going to. You you spoke. You know, before we started pressing record, you were you were speaking passionately about the start to the season, and you know you being you, you you witnessing you know direct responsibility for set pieces that you know analysis that you've put forward leading directly to goals and you spoke about you know scoring those goals and how they were you know, obviously a measure of, of your performance it is 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 set piece goals and you know set pieces not conceded are they the only things that your performance is measured by or are there or there are some other metrics that you're looking at as well yeah, so goals per corner taken and XG per corner taken and, and obviously conceded uh, are both uh, metrics we look at um, heavily to sort of rank our performance. But they they always don't tell a sort of full story um, because some of the clubs I, I work for, for instance, could, and and not just me, but across football, they could have low sort of set piece stats um but ultimately the sort of profile of the squad um has a factor you might not have amazing target men you might not have great delivery um that will ultimately sort of leak into that that success rate or or failure rate um so that that all often doesn't tell the, the sort of full story. I know there's a few teams in in the Premier League um, and and Championship who do interesting things from set pieces, 
um, that if if they had a sort of different style of squad would be much more effective. Um, so so just looking at the sort of success rates is is helpful, but mm. it doesn't tell the full story. Mm. So it's, it's almost it's almost like if you've got that if you haven't got that profile of squad then you've you've got to be more inventive. Would that be a fair comment? Or? Exactly. Yeah, you can do different things to to mitigate maybe lack of height or or lack of delivery to um, try to boost your stats up. Um, uh, maybe a sort of yeah more more focus on sort of inventive short corners if you lack delivery. Um, and height as well as well that could be also another factor um or really focus on um blocking to three up the best aerial player in the team maybe he's not a sort of really dominant aerial player but if you can buy him up buy him enough time to win that first contact once you've won the first contact that's half the battle and you might be able to create stuff off sort of second and third balls after that that sort of first contact is won. Um, so that all sort of factors into ultimately the recommendations and the sort of strategy that you employ um, from set pieces, because yeah, you'll, you'll know that, that you, that you might lack good delivery. You might lack dominant target man, etc. cetera. Um, and so that all has to factor into the, the work that I and other set piece guys do. Hmm. I read a recent piece that you, that you wrote, Stuart, where you were talking about the influence of other sports and you mentioned kind of basketball and you, you alluded to it there a bit about screening and blocking. You, 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 you see it everywhere nowadays, right? There's almost as much going on off the ball as there is going on towards the ball. Worth talking a bit more about the influence and of some of those areas. Yeah, blo- blocking has become absolutely key now um it's really hard to create a sort of good set piece routine that that doesn't use blocking um and you're almost missing a trick if you don't block um because it will most referees won't won't really blow for it vr doesn't this is a bit league dependent as Mm -hmm. uh, some leagues are a bit different in this aspect but um VAR doesn't really take much, um, uh, doesn't really disallow many goals, etc. due to excessive blocking. I've seen that very, very few times in sort of the Premier League. Um, in, in other foreign leagues, it, it differs from quite dramatically from, from league to league. Um, Denmark, you can sort of get away with full-blown assault. Um, <laughs> Portugal, if you if you touch someone, it's game over. Um, so yeah, so and again, that all factors in to the strategy as well. And that, that's been a bit of a learning curve as well, because obviously my my work is adapting to so many different sort of leagues and cultures um, across my my career. And yeah, factoring VAR into that now is. Uh, yeah, being been an additional challenge. <laughs> yeah, are they are they are they calling it much in those VAR leagues? Then is it? I haven't seen. I don't watch many of those top divisions, but 
yeah, yeah I guess it, really, it really differs from from league to yeah. league. Yeah, um, Gav doesn't know what VAR is, so Stuart. <laughs> hey, I was at the playoff final for when we uh, when I thought we were beat, but um, <laughs> that's my first that was my first experience of VAR, which I enjoyed but didn't enjoy. Uh, Dabo missing a penalty half an hour later. Anyway, it's been at least three months since I thought of that. So, <laughs> Stuart, how how when you when you're when you're analysing, you're putting together strategy. How dynamic does a playbook have to be to, you know, how, how much are kind of analysts in your field trying to figure each other out, and they're watching more and more tape, and they're understanding more and more about what people do. Is it? Do you have to build in the almost a some, you know, some some dynamic thought processes to to always be thinking a couple of steps ahead, and if people think we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah. So typically, I. We have our sort of, uh, I always try to implement a sort of set piece strategy routines that um, we'll use most games um, because in my experience, it's most leagues have sort of trends within those leagues. Um, how teams defend um, varies quite a lot from sort of league to league um, and culture to culture. Uh so, for instance, in, in sort of Portugal, every team will defend the, the six-yard area with seven or eight zonal markers um, and compare that to sort of League One where it's normally a couple of zonal markers, one central and one sort of front post. Um, and so, obviously, how you sort of create those goals and those chances is naturally going to differ because sort of the the structure and the the squad profiles of the league are different and ultimately the the culture is different in how teams mm. defend um so i try to build a sort of strategy around uh those sort of trends like how teams in that league concede chances um and on top of that i have to sort of factor in the strengths and weaknesses within our squad um so it's pointless me recommending a sort of flick from the near corner of the six yard area because that's that seems to be the best way of creating chances in that league if we haven't got a player who's capable of hitting that area reliably um so so that all factors in um as well but then on the other hand each team will have sort of unique works about how they individually can see chances and react to certain situations um so on top of that sort of strategy i always recommend a one to three sort of routines to that are sort of opposition specific to take advantage of the weaknesses in in that opponent mm-hmm. Do you, are there are there are there leaders on the pitch, I guess, that, that you know execute this? Is there a is there a your your your, your strategy, I guess, and th- those decisions about maybe which option to use, one, two, or three? Are those are those executed by you know is a, a leader on the pitch? I guess the re- the reason I ask, I guess, is you know some of the analysis that that me and John kind of some of the rudimentary stuff that we do we're, we're often interested in you know teams that lose some of those defensive leaders right I'm a, I'm a Coventry City, City season ticket holder and always hey whenever we're missing Carl McFadden you know who 
brings age and experience and we often have a young back line you know when we miss him we always become more of a vulnerable from those set pieces it, 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 is that kind of like factored in in at all have you have you got leaders on the pitch that you know kind of direct and organize and strategize? yeah it, it really varies from sort of team to team some teams mm. will have a sort of um set thing so this is going to be our first corner this mm. is going to be our second corner this is going to be three etc um but other teams just sort of leave it to how the players feel um as to which routine to to do mm-hmm. um and yeah defensively there will there will definitely be some defensive leaders shifting people's positions and getting everything sort of organized on the on the defensive aspect I read your um, I read your Everton analysis. It was a fantastic piece in in the Athletic a while back, and I was I was thinking about you know that the grace given before teams become known for being a poor side from set pieces is never long, but it it tends to always be driven about some real kind of like basic data around you know goals conceded or you mentioned earlier around you know set piece against set piece xg against any other any other triggers that that you know we should be looking out for that might forecast a side about to change its fortunes is there you know often when you know when people think everton are you know a bad set piece side it's just for some by the time everyone knows it's almost a little bit too late right but it's anything there that um any other triggers that we should be looking out for, apart from hiring you as a set piece <laughs> analyst? <laughs> yeah, that, that's always uh, a bonus, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one to to say. Yeah, there's there's obviously the the, the goals and uh, the xg, um, but you can sort of sometimes goals and shots don't tell the sort of full story mm. and uh, there, there can be shakiness in defence that you can pick up on on sort of the video analysis maybe a sort of like lack of aggression in the air at times that might not have ended in goals or shots yet but it could very soon um, under the sort of right circumstances uh, maybe they haven't played a team with the right delivery or um area aggression to to sort of take advantage of those um shaky shaky attributes but um yeah goals and goals and xg is usually the main indicator especially through data there's obviously sort of an aerial aggression and that sort of thing is hard to measure about data um but will will show up in in sort of good good analysis video analysis that's interesting. I mean, it's I've, with the not the advent of data on speaking like a true mid forties bloke who's watched a bit too much football in the life. But I've, I've thought it have almost gone full circle. Like it's now, it's now the the viewing of games and it's the watching that feels like to me to give people a real competitive advantage. Right, it's looking beneath the data and looking like you said, you know, looking at particular weaknesses, maybe some, you know some poor aerial dual win percentages, things like that, some good movements and good delivery stuff that you can only see as you started, as you kicked off this session, Stuart, by talking about, by 
putting the work in and watching the corners, watching the free kicks, all of that stuff kind of. That yeah, there's, there's definitely um, still a big part for, for data to play. Mm. For instance, um, Stats Bomb have just, I don't know whether you guys have seen it, have recently introduced their uh, new hops rating um, for ranking uh, aerial ability, which I, I'm finding very useful in my work. Mm. Um, the, 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 um, yeah, both both me and all, all the coaches I'm working with see the, the sort of usefulness of it and uh, believe in that data as well, which which is always useful in um, sort of coming up with with our strategies and and ideas. Interesting. Um, who who at a club would actually? If you know the answer to this and you're able to answer this one, Stuart, who at a club would actually make the decision to hire you? Would it be a sporting director or even the head coach? Or are, are you aware of who would do that? It's, in my experience so far, it's really varied. Um, mm. I've been hired by the actual owner of a football team. Um Wow. who's seen my work on, on sort of Twitter and LinkedIn. I've been hired by sporting directors who have felt they needed sort of um, an increase in sort of set-piece output. I've been hired by coaches and head coaches who have realised that they need help in that sort of aspect. Um, so it's been a broad range, really, um, yeah, which is which is always good um that that is yeah it's such a broad range of of people wanting to uh get a difference in in that area and it, it must be well, i'm presuming again but it must be personal recommendation as well because i can see that you've worked for same clubs for a number of seasons now as well so results and maybe personal recommendations as well Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The, the the phrase is "who you know" is uh, is uh, yeah, very very common in football. <laughs> Certainly is, yeah. Go on, Gav. I was going to say, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't pay to know me or John. So, sorry. <laughs> no, we can we can guarantee to get you absolutely nothing off the back of this, but it's, it's been <laughs> John. You had a great you had a great question to finish up around. Um, Oh, I did, yeah. Um, well, great might be pushing it, Gav. <laughs> anyone who's listened to this who perhaps manages or even plays on a even a Saturday-Sunday level, is there one thing that anybody could implement to improve set plays at any level? Uh, really focus on, um, firstly, blocking. Uh, yeah. at, that, at that level, it, basically any level of it that that doesn't have VAR, you, you can implement some fantastic blocks um, and really focus on, I mean, this, this sounds easier said than done, um, but really focus on winning that first contact. Um, give your, give whoever is going to be on the end of it plenty of time to, to win the ball that you can, free up using those those blocks um don't go for the sort of perfect delivery um one one thing i i like to do with teams who may, maybe sort of struggle with um a good delivery is to actually play a sort of 
chipped ball rather than trying to get yeah. the perfect in-swing or, or out-swinger, which, which is hard. It's much more easier, easier to play a sort of chipped ball more accurately to a sort of target area. Um, that means it's, it's slower and easier to defend than an in-swing or out-swinger. But if you're sort of creating space via those blocks, then that sort of balances out. And then you've, you've got the first contact, you've got the accurate delivery. And then from there, you'll cause havoc. <laughs> That's, That's hopefully, brilliant. Hopefully. No, <laughs> fantastic answer. Thanks for that, Stuart. I'm looking forward to um, Sunday down on the Sunday morning on the marshes. Yeah, just looking, just <laughs> little dinks into the area whilst half the side kind of block everything. It sounds, sounds, um, sounds legitimate to me. Hey, um, Stuart, I just want to, um, Thank you so much for the for the time that you spent talking to us. I know you you um you were you're a busy man and those um those corners aren't gonna watch themselves. So I appreciate the time spent. Um hey, people can follow you on Twitter, right? Um yep. uh, from the wing. Um look, I'm sure if I know our if I know our listeners, there's there's probably plenty of questions that they would have loved to ask you as well. But I, I imagine that people can just reach out and Absolutely, yeah. Pick your my DMs are open, or yeah, just um, hit me up on on Twitter, and yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to answer uh, questions. Great stuff. Hey, good luck for the rest of the season as well. Like you said, I know it's I know it started well for you, and you're seeing you know the clubs that you're working with are seeing the the fruition of um of the of you know the faith that they put in you. So um, hey, fantastic work by yourself and. Um, John, it's good. It's good to it's good to share the podcast with someone who enjoys watching. Corner after corner after corner. <laughs> so, um, we're a niche group. We're a niche group, but we, we we're a niche group. But we have a funny way of just finding each other on the internet <laughs> over the over the course of the last few years. So, um, good group to be part of. Hey, Stuart, thank you very much for your time. Um, we'll speak to you again soon, hopefully. And um, hey, enjoy the rest of the season. No problem. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks.